Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Glad to be back with you in the basement for another week of shenanigans across the world wide web. A very special episode today, a uh, bonus episode, if you will, for the month of March. We are closing out March because March, if you follow along on my social media accounts, begins and ends with M. What the hell does that mean? I've had that question a lot. Well, what that means is uh, March obviously begins with the letter M and it's ending, as far as the Bo Cephas broadcast is concerned, with Ken M., the internet legend himself. I've had a lot of people since the show started ask, you know, like, can you get Ken M on the show? And Ken M is kind of uh, the pioneer of internet trolling. Ken has been trolling the internet since the internet kind of became available in every household, I would say, or roughly thereabout. But it's not a level of trolling that instigates harsh responses all the time, anyway. Ken M's approach to trolling is more of an oblivious, kind of innocent, inquisitive type trolling. Ken M, though you may not know it, is more of a character than he is a real person. But there is a real person behind that persona. So Ken M is kind of like this internet enigma. We know who he is, but we also don't know who he is. If you don't know who he is, I've kind of given you a little background. Ken M is more of a professional troll than I would say a lot of people are. A lot of people are just assholes on the internet. And I think the thing that makes Ken M great in my conversation that I had with him is he is a normal guy. He is a down-to-earth, very uh, seemingly reserved guy. Like a typical, you know, I can go to the bar and have a beer with Ken M, the real Ken M, the guy behind the enigma. Whereas most other people just say shit to instigate, you know, arguments with other people that they don't know. Keyboard warriors, a lot of people will call them. Which I think is a very appropriate term for these types of people. I kind of fall into that aggressive troll category. Maybe not aggressive troll category, but I guess I'm less upstanding of a troll than Ken M is. I think Ken M is, some, is someone we should all aspire to be when we want to troll the internet. For instance, the biggest troll of my life on the internet is something that I'm, I'm equally proud of and equally ashamed of the fact that I, I bred this monster. So a couple of years ago, no, not even a couple of years ago, uh, October of 2016. Uh, and before that there was, you remember the, the whole internet thing where people were creating Facebook events for bands that were appearing at these really strange places. Like, you know, you'd have, uh, Brian McKnight playing at McDonald's in Hartford, Connecticut or something like that. Some 41 at Sonic Drive-In. Yet all these random artists that were supposedly going to appear at all these restaurants or kind of hole-in-the-wall places, randomly like Walmart, things like that. It hit hard here in the Tri-States when it was announced that Toby Keith was going to be playing, I believe, at Casey's in Hannibal. Initially, it was somewhere else. It was like an airco or something like that. And then people are onto that. And they're like, well, they're actually going to move it to the parking lot of the new Casey's. And I will admit, I jumped in and I kind of uh, started playing in the game. So it came to the point that October 14th of 2016, I crudely photoshopped a picture of Toby Keith holding a piece of paper and purposely in Comic Sans, the dunce of fonts wrote the following message on that piece of paper after I edited out the original message. 
It said, and I quote, Hey, Hannibal, Toby Keith here. Lots of buzz about me coming to America's hometown. Little challenge for y'all. If this photo gets 1,000 likes and at least 1,000 shares, I will do my best to play in Hannibal next summer. Get to it, y'all. Love, Toby Keith. First of all, any person in their right mind would know that this is horribly photoshopped. Nobody's uh, Toby Keith is not going to take a picture of him holding a blank piece of paper and then have somebody write in Comic Sans that he'll come to Hannibal if he gets a thousand likes and a thousand shares. This guy's got to make money. Shares and likes aren't going to pay Toby Keith. Granted, from what I understand, he is one of the highest paid country artists that there currently is and maybe of all time. So that's another complaint that I have with the internet. If you get a thousand likes and a thousand shares or a thousand comments or whatever, this is not going to get you the desired result that it says it's going to achieve. You know, you got stuff like, oh, if my, my dad says if I get a thousand likes and a thousand shares and comments on this, then he'll shave his head into a mohawk. Maybe that one's a little more plausible. But things like getting, you know, what would be considered an A-list country star to come to a gas station parking lot in the middle of Missouri to put on a free concert, that that's a little far-fetched. Odds of that happening are pretty slim. I would say slim and none. Yet people still took the bait. As of today, as of right now, when I'm recording this, this has been shared almost 7,500 times. And has over 2,000 different reactions from like, love, to the ha-ha. And most people that are in on the joke and understand it are the ha-ha variety. But every now and then this dies down. And then someone will comment on it or find it somehow or like it. So then it starts popping up in news feeds again. And then things just explode. I think at one point I had over um, 26 friend requests in a week from one of these cycles. It was ridiculous. And then you have the people that are really defensive, like they don't understand that that it is a joke. It's a hoax. Somebody found the original picture of Toby Keith holding this piece of paper, what it originally said on it, and says, this just says, look familiar. So I replied, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fake. That doesn't look like his handwriting. So this creates the conversation. This creates the big debate. So it got to the point that this got so out of hand that I posted in all caps, just to reiterate, this is not real. And people still looked beyond that comment. So like a week later, again, in all caps, I said, again, no need to share this. Toby Keith will not come to Hannibal based off how many likes and shares this photograph receives. And up to this point, it had been shared and liked over like 3000 times, I think. (laughs) And somebody started like... CSI analyzing this photo. Somebody said, uh, somebody said, if it were real, the words would curve with the paper, not be perfectly straight. Got ourselves a Photoshop whiz on here. What else do we have in the comment section of this that's just ridiculous? I think a lot of people deleted their comments because they were embarrassed when they finally found out that that it was, you know, it was all a hoax. But somebody said, and this kind of, this kind of, um, this kind of sums up the whole experiment that I did with this Toby Keith photo. A guy named Mark Boosie says, The stupidity hurts. Thanks for doing this, though, and trying to show some people how dumb they may be. And I think that maybe that's why I like doing this kind of stuff every so often, is to show people how ridiculous they are, how gullible they are, and, and the fact that they don't go very far in checking facts or basing things in reality. 
So that's the approach I take. Now, Ken M., on the other hand, and you'll hear this later on in the interview, his whole thing is kind of sweet. You know, Ken wanted to create engaging commentary, engaging conversation in the internet comment threads. Not this hostile environment that we now know that you're right, I'm wrong, these are facts, these are not facts, blah, blah, blah. Ken's whole goal in posting these these types of innocent comments and questions was to create a conversation to engage in a conversation that wasn't in a negative vein. But I think once he realized that there's no such thing as a positive conversation in internet comment threads, that he was just going to, you know, continue baiting people and see how ridiculous a, that he could get and B how ridiculous people could get in response. And then the legend of Ken M was born. So if you want to see Ken M's work, you can go to facebook.com slash Ken M official. Or if you're on Twitter, you can go to uh, twitter.com slash horsey surprise. H-O-R-S-E-Y-S-U-R-P-R-I-S-E. To give you an idea of the persona of Ken M, think like if your grandparents think of think about when your grandparents first got Facebook or social media and they were figuring it out. And the things that they were posting because they weren't quite sure. They didn't quite grasp the concept of how social media works and the the etiquette that's involved with it, right? So that's essentially what it is. Think of your grandfather from several generations removed of the social media era embarking on a journey to understand and engage on social media. That is Ken M. Ken M is your grandfather asking questions on Facebook and Yahoo and you know, news articles that are posted by various outlets. In fact, Ken M at one point got so good at this college humor, the website college humor hired him to write a column essentially about trolling, but I become so enamored and and so appreciative of what he's doing with this whole thing that I knew that I had to try to reach out to him and get him on the show as a guest. I wanted to pick his brain. And for those of you that think, you know, you're going to get this really hilarious off the wall bobcat goldthwaite type dude he's not ken is very similar to you and me he's just a normal guy he leads a normal life and he wants to bring a little more light-hearted approach to internet comment sections so it was cool to get to to know the guy behind the persona you get to know the actor behind your favorite role And it was a little tough figuring out the scheduling of this, and it was a little tough getting the technical aspects of this to work, but um, I'm so glad that it finally happened. And uh, I'm so glad to say that Ken M. is on episode 12 of the Bo Cephas broadcast. Coming up in just a second, we'll get to that interview with internet legend Ken M. on the Bo Cephas broadcast. The Bo Cephas broadcast. Hey friends, you may have noticed earlier this week I made a post about wanting to become more charitable in 2017, and up to this point I think I've been pretty good about that so far. So naturally, when my friend Trent reached out to me for help, I wanted to do what I could. Trent's father, Tim Lyons, has endured a lifelong battle with diabetes, which has led to the loss of his sight after countless eye surgeries, and he's fought numerous other ailments as well, and most recently, the shutdown of his kidneys, which has led to the need for dialysis. I wanted to help out with this campaign because the unique tie that Trent and his father, Tim, have to this podcast. This show is recorded in the basement of Trent's former home, which I now call my own home, which houses my home studio. 
I also have Trent and his father to thank for the deck that I enjoy when I, you know, have a minute to enjoy some R&R. So like Trent and his father likely did before me, I'm creating memories in that very home in which they did the same. So in a roundabout way, this podcast wouldn't exist without Trent and Tim. That's why I wanted to be a part of this. And if you're interested in learning more about Tim Lyons and the campaign to help him receive his double transplant of a pancreas and a kidney, you can go to GoFundMe.com and search for Tim Lyons Transplant Surgery. Any donation, large or small, is contributing to a good cause. You can also find a link to the GoFundMe at Facebook.com slash Broadcast. We now return to the Bocephus Broadcast. It could be argued that my guest today is one of the pioneers of internet trolling, so to speak. Over the past several years, he's waited in the wings of the World Wide Web and commandeered the comment sections of various sites across the internet, offering insight and asking the hard questions to fellow web browsers the world over. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome to the Bocephus broadcast the legendary Ken M. Good to speak with you. Thanks, Bo. Great to meet you. I know uh, I know I referred to you as an internet troll, quote unquote, um, but I, I have this kind of real back and forth with myself as to whether that is technically what you do or technically what you would consider it. So how would you classify what it is that you do on the internet? I've never called it trolling, um, partly because that word has taken on so many, you know, crazy associations. Um, I mean, you know, it's uh, Breitbart people or fake news purveyors being called trolls or even Donald Trump being called a troll. So I, but mm-hmm. what, what I always called it, which you're going to, it's, it's, it's going to have no legs. Um, it's an awkward <laughs> phrase, but I call it bringing a banana to a gunfight um, <laughs> because it, it captures the absurd dynamic of, you know, the sort of innocent bumbling idiot talking to this bizarrely hostile crowd, uh, which to me, like beyond just creating jokes and punchlines, the funniest thing about it is that just bizarre, ridiculous dynamic. But I'm fine with it being called trolling, and it's sort of what I'm, the word that stuck with me. Uh, ever since I started doing this for college humor, it was they they called the tr- the column the troll. So I, I'm fine with that as long as I'm not uh, mis- mistaken for somebody who's just this uh, you know this vile racist and, and hate pusher online. <laughs> so I mean, more or less, you don't want the you don't want to be associated with like the negative connotation of what trolling is. Right. Um, I met this guy at a wedding who turns out he was a comedian and uh, a, a mutual friend said that I was into, I did a comedy thing too. And he's like, Oh, what do you do? And I, I was like, I awkwardly said, uh, I'm, I'm kind of known is, is an internet troll. And he's like, Oh, that's great, man. What's your angle? Homophobia, racism, good for you. And uh, I thought that was a really funny, dry response, but I was like, yeah, you know, I do worry sometimes that that's what people might immediately assume because of the association the word has gained. So let me let me ask you how how is the personality of Ken M created? Is is Ken M based on someone you know personally? Ken M is based entirely on uh, the the type of characters that you would see in uh, the Yahoo comment section. Um, the the language that I use, uh, it voices a big part of um, the humor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just have the, the strange vernacular that that I'll that I use is, is stuff I pick up from real people. Um, they, <laughs> the the way people insult Ken M on Yahoo are words that I haven't heard since seventh grade, like uh, <laughs> numbnuts or or dingus. You know, um, 
and uh, so there's something I just that just automatically comedic to me just that that particular language. Um, the contra I, the, the reason the guy is so nice and innocent despite being mad and stupid is just a contrast to how weirdly hostile people tend to be on Yahoo. And uh, I you know I started out not doing that, and I started out actually trying to like have a serious conversation with people. And then when I realized that that was impossible, I thought, well, how can we turn this weirdly toxic <laughs> environment into something just silly? And uh, so that that's sort of what it evolved into over four years, or devolved. Yeah. How would you physically describe Ken M if you were to have the, the ideal image of Ken M? Oh, man. You know, I used to... I, I, I actually do like four or five different characters, but the one, mm-hmm. mainly, the one that I mainly associated with... Uh, is this um, this sort of sweet, overweight, eighty-year-old man um, who <laughs> considers himself, uh, you know, an expert on just about any topic that comes up, whether it be, <laughs> uh, you know, like whether it be hard science or, or you know, some soft news celebrity story. Um, and uh, he's proud of his grandson, and the anecdotes that he shares about his grandson imply that his grandson is maybe even stupider than he is. Um, but it's all, uh, <laughs> he's very, very sunny and, uh, and completely committed to his point of view. Um, no matter, you know, what abuse he's sort of obliviously getting thrown at him. I'm glad you mentioned the grandson character because it's like you said, kind of a character you often refer to in your posts. So are you maybe more grandson than you are Ken M when it comes down to it? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I, I picture the grandson as just, uh, you know, just another version of he, he's just a younger version of this of this idiot. Um, <laughs> innocent likes likes doing the simple things in life and gets excited about the most mundane things in the news. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just sort of a mini me for for the kind of old guy. Is it difficult to put yourself in the mindset of of that somewhat oblivious grandfather character? I guess it's um it's become sort of second nature after a while. Um you know, like I, I I do, you know, regular writing I study playwriting in college and stuff. And mm-hmm. there's a thing that, you know, any writer will tell you, which is after you write for a certain character, um for an extended period of time, instead of you thinking too hard, you're sort of you feel like you're channeling this you know, this this other voice. So it, it comes comes to you a lot easier. So you've kind of just fallen into that mindset naturally after so much practice right yeah it's, just, it's totally second nature it's uh, i'll read a headline or read an article and that guy's point of view will pop into my head with his particular <laughs> language and you know and you know and sunny take on it and and you know i just write it down and hope hope somebody responds so that i can take it <laughs> take it further <laughs> some people might cons- might think that you do this full time but but contrary to that belief you're a real guy with a real day job you have a wife what is what do you actually do for a living what is your 9 to 5 I am uh, I'm a copywriter uh, for Comedy Central actually oh. um and I've been been doing that for about nearly 4 years um they're aware that I do this so I I don't think it's weird that I when I share that so it's been another interviews um yeah it's, it's a uh, it's not a comedy writing job it's it's a job you know writing copy about 
other people's comedy. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I, I clarify <laughs> that because some people have gotten the impression on Reddit that I'm actually writing scripts for shows, and that's not the case. I mean, that'd be awesome, but I, I love the job as it is. So. Sure. Uh, so when do you uh, when do you find time to to do this stuff on the internet? Does this kind of like sporadically, or do you you know carve out a certain amount of time per day to devote to this? Oh, I used to do it. I used to do it after work, um, and uh, for for about two hours. And it, you know, it wasn't really grueling. It was just a, a fun way to blow off steam. Um, but uh, the comment sections, especially on Yahoo, have been sort of shrinking. Um, there, I guess, a lot of these. Uh, a lot of media companies are realizing that there's nothing of real any any like value that comes from these conversations that people have. So it's getting harder and harder to find opportunities. Um, so I, I it's now more sporadic. So I mean, how, where do you? T- I mean, Yahoo kind of seems to be the 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 root of where this all took shape. How do you find stories to comment on? Is it just kind of random, or do you just kind of go through the headlines? And how does that process work for you? It's totally random. I, I just look at headlines. Uh, it doesn't have to be any particular uh, topic or field. In fact, I like to be. I like that this character's opinions are are really like prolific. He he's, he knows he pretends to know something about literally anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it tends to be just uh, kind of a quick association thing. Whatever grabs me that I read. Um, and if I can come up with a believably stupid point of view, <laughs> um, and then commit to that, then. I'll just I'll just start typing it out. So how do you follow up on this stuff? Like if, if somebody comments on that and, and say you want to maybe dive a little bit further into that comment thread and engage in a conversation, how do you keep track of all these posts? Oh, this <laughs> no, now you're gonna get an image of, of this like sort of pitiful <laughs> nerd by himself. Um, just constantly refreshing all these with all these different tabs <laughs> open. I mean that's pretty much what's going on. You know, I'll, I'll be consuming news like a normal person while you know, going back to a tab and, and refreshing the comments to see if anybody responded. Um, <laughs> it's pretty sad, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. What site would you say has the most people that, uh, I guess you could say, like, take the bait? Oh, man, it was always Yahoo, before Yahoo started, like, before that well started mm-hmm. drying up. Um, but Huffington Post, which is a completely different um, type of community, um, you know, it's a bit bit more it's a bit healthier of of a, of a discourse mm-hmm. going on um but they were actually really easily baited if you say anything that sounds vaguely anti-intellectual or um you know dismissing all politicians as liars it's sort of like cheap ignorant cynicism that's the kind of thing that will get huffed and post people loud <laughs> up um so uh, yeah they're sort of the opposite of the the yahoo news people so is Yahoo, you've mentioned a couple times that that well is kind of drawn up. Is is Yahoo just kind of, is their comment section just kind of dying or what would you say it's doing? There's been a few articles about, I think Yahoo is being bought or looking to be acquired mm-hmm. or something. But there's, there's actually an article uh, saying that they're slowly phasing it out uh, because they said that the quality of discussion brings nothing to the table. And I found, I found that really funny because it's exactly got me starting doing this because I was fascinated by it. The fact that people aren't there to, you know, it's like Yahoo thought, hey, we're going to give people a chance to continue the conversation and, and talk to their, to their, you know, online peers and have a healthy, broad discussion. And instead, it's like, no, people want to fight and they want to insult. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they don't want to think and they don't want to make friends. And so that to me is like, a, you know, a tragically funny 
um, result of this of this failed experiment. It's like their entire plan essentially just blew up in their face. Yeah, it's really like kind of idealistic. Like, oh, now now you will be able to contribute to the discussion <laughs> of the news instead of just reading the paper. It's like instead, you know, we just we treat it as like a as like a litter box. You know, <laughs> so I, I just thought it was. I've always found that to be really really fascinating because it's kind of mysterious to me why that why that turned out to be the case. Right. Most uh, most of Ken N's comments are kind of a one and done type scenario, but have you ever gotten into a like a lengthy exchange on a comment thread that's been more than you posting, you know, like a couple times? Yeah, those those are those are a bit more rare. But yeah, I've had, I've had some that I thought have gone on for too long, you know, it's sort of the uh, the joke loses its momentum after a while and it just becomes tedious. Um, but some I think are just uh, amazing that that they'll go on for as long as they do because I'm I'm surprised that it's not obvious what I'm doing after three comments. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's there was one one of my favorites like that was was one about uh, Groundhog Day. I've done three posts about Groundhog Day <laughs> over the years, but there's one that's extremely long, and it's the assertion that I'm making. Um, it's so ridiculous. I can't believe people thought I was doing this, but I was basically saying that the town of Punxsutawney was built. Uh, in honor of the movie Groundhog Day, um, that you know that 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 this movie spawned an actual holiday instead of you know, being the other way around, and it, it just went on for for twelve or thirteen comments. It was like God, this is this is getting painful to read. I can't imagine what it's like for other people. So, has there ever been a point where you're in a conversation and you're just thinking, "Oh my God, there's no hope for humanity." Um. <laughs> When I used to, when I used to actually try to have earnest discussions, yes, <laughs> all the time. Now it's a goldmine, you know. When when I get these, like, um, because people are with with what I'm doing, I'm sort of people are sort of uh, you know collaborative partners here. Like they don't realize it, but it's just like what they say is just is important, you know, in terms of the humor. So it's really really funny when somebody will say something outlandish and um, just really over the top stupid and not and not be kidding um, that, that gives me great material to, you know, to pivot in another direction or, or, or even turn up the stupidity a little bit more on my head. So would you say maybe that you're essentially kind of diffusing the hostility of the modern day comment thread? That was, uh, that was the sort of cathartic result it had for me personally, because I used to get really frustrated um, when I, when I would try to have actual discussions so yeah, I mean, it's it's not like I, I have some sort of you know mission to beautify the internet or anything like that. But for me, it it made it 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 completely took away the uh, the frustration and turned it into something that was just balls to the wall silly. And it, so if, if other people have that kind of reaction to it, then that's you know that's that's great. I'm glad I'm not like universally despised. I, <laughs> I know that what I'm doing isn't innocent or particularly helpful. So I think I think uh, instead of universally despised, I think it's the other way around. Have you ever written a comment uh, or a response that's that's gotten you in hot water with anyone or any you know group or organization, something like that? Yeah, there was uh, there was one. It's very rare because I've learned <laughs> not to do that, uh, not to do anything that will actually harm right. somebody or. Uh, or even a, a small business, um, or get me in trouble legally. Of course, that to happen. Um, and as as a rule of thumb, I try to be as harmless as possible. Um, where at, you know, at the very least, I'm just obnoxious, but I'm not hurting anybody. Right. Um, but yeah, there, I had a discussion with uh, I think it was 
Spoons Company on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, I, I gave them my social security number. It wasn't a real social security number, but I posted it on their wall um, after this. It had to do with me wanting them to send me a free sample. Right. And they asked for my contact information, and I, sent, I gave them my social security number. Um, <laughs> then I got a weird direct message on Twitter after I posted this on my blog uh, from their legal team. And they, they said, please immediately remove the post that has that man's social security number. <laughs> <laughs> I found that little chilling that they were, they, they immediately like were on that. So I got in touch with them and explained what I do and that it's not real, but I'd be happy to scrub that. And then they actually <laughs> did send me three samples. They were good sports. Everybody wins. Everybody won. <laughs> so um, you became this so great at this and you garnered so much attention that eventually you got the achievement that a lot of young folks hope to. And that is the creation of your own subreddit on reddit.com is created in your honor. So what was that like? And do you ever go read that page? Yeah, that was, that was crazy. It remains crazy. Um, it, it started out as I think there was like 500 people on it for like a year. And it's like, well, that's a cool little, that's a nice little notch in my belt. Yeah. It, Blew up to 245,000 people. And um, because I don't, it's not like I churn out content every single day. It's a little overwhelming. Um, luckily, I have thousands over the years that people can keep posting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's great. It's extremely flattering. Um, I, I, I love Reddit. And Reddit gets a lot of flack, but there's plenty of amazing communities on, on Reddit that are like not mean and, uh, and just really bunch of really sincere people. So it's cool. I have to watch out for, I'm a moderator because people started posting, um, imposter posts using my avatar and the Canon name. And, uh, I had to start moderating it. And so I could delete those because some of them were uh, like, you know, things I would never say. They're things that you would scan 4chan, just some awful like racist joke or something. Yeah. And so I had to sort of like take a little bit of control. (laughs) Pull back the reins a little bit. Yeah. I'd rather not. I'd rather just let it do its own thing because that's the spirit of Reddit is that it's very like democratic. But I, I gotta take some control over that. Right. Uh, so, like I said, you became kind of this internet sensation, and but at the same time, you kind of achieved this sort of anonymous fame. And and I say that because lots of people know who you are, but lots of people also have no idea who you are. Is that kind of strange to think about? Yeah, it's, it's all like there isn't any aspect of this that isn't strange for me, even after <laughs> several years. Yeah, it's it's odd. Um, actually, heard overheard people talking about one of my posts at a bar before, and that's really <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's 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 put me in touch with a lot of my my internet heroes. It's it's made it really easy to reach out to people and say, "Hey, I really like your stuff, and this is what I do." And they're like, "Oh, let's be friends," and you know. So that's like a nice, uh, <laughs> um, we mentioned kind of the, you know, Yahoo is kind of drying up. So how did the boom in social media change the game for what you do? Uh, you mean, um, uh, you mean Facebook? Yeah. Facebook and Twitter and, <laughs> and things like that. How did that kind of open a new portal? Twitter? I basically use just to make jokes because you can't really, you can't really fool anybody into thinking that you're serious mm-hmm. on Twitter when they see what your handle is <laughs> and what your past tweets are and stuff like that. And, um, Facebook is, is something that I, I use a lot to mess with brands. Um, and I, I don't really feel guilty about that at all. Cause I think it's weird that brands are on Facebook in such an aggressive <laughs> way, you know, with their, their posts are like, you know, 
happy taco Thursday, whatever, you know, it's, right. it's all, it's all just crap to me. And, uh, <laughs> so it's fun to, it's really fun to, to, to get into conversation with, with brands. I think you mentioned the brands being on Facebook. I think possibly my favorite post of yours, uh, comes from the chef Boyardee Facebook page in which you sent a picture of their ravioli cooking on a stovetop which was also covered with books. And then when they responded that you should move the books so that you, you know, you wouldn't have a fire on your hands. Your response was to send another picture of cooking the ravioli in the oven, which also had a bunch of books inside it. So that being said, what are some, what are some of your favorite posts that you've made throughout the years? That that's one of them. That's one of them because uh, that's an example of the, 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 the person responding to me saying exactly what I needed them to do in order for me to take <laughs> this to another level. Um, that I was, I mean, that was just like winning the lottery when I saw what they responded. Um, um, I guess, uh, are you, are you asking the favorite, yeah, do you, I, just with like social media. Yeah, do you have or, a favorite post that you've made? You know, I, I don't really have a favorite. It's, it's because I've just been, I've done like 900 of these. Right. Um, I guess that, uh, in general, I like the ones where I wasn't able to use the punchline that I had in mind, you know, because somebody didn't take the, they didn't respond in the way that I expected mm-hmm. them to. And then that puts me, I'd sort of in the uncomfortable position of, of having to take it in a completely different direction. <laughs> and for me, it's just more satisfying when I, instead of having a punchline in mind, I sort of find one that, I, that is stranger and funnier to me than the original was going to be. Um, I don't know. It's that's where it, it feels like more of like an, an RT improv exercise and less of me just having something in my back pocket, you know, slapping it down. So Bush's beans is probably my favorite. Bush's beans. Sorry. I, I felt like he deserved a real answer. Uh, the Bush's <laughs> beans one is probably my favorite of all time. And that was a social security one, right? That, um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy Dean sausage was so the social security one. Uh, yeah, 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 so the yeah, Bush's, yeah. Yeah. The Bush's baked mean beans one was, I, I guess you just have to Google it. It's extremely long. Um, <laughs> and it, it just, it went to the point where I felt like, God, I'm almost, I feel like I'm abusing these people, but they keep responding. <laughs> so I feel like I have to keep responding back. And it went on for, for like two and a half days. <laughs> uh, in response to an article by an author who claims to give quote, happy ending massages to women, you said, quote, if you need to rely on physical touch, to achieve sexual climax, you're doing something wrong. So with that said, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What would Ken M's top three tips to optimal sexual performance be? Oh, I mean, that, that, that's tough. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the answer is partly in that client or partly in that thing that you just, read. um, you know, a, a, a body tail that flies on the face of propriety. That's right. that one thing that gives a woman an orgasm. Um, <laughs> You know, I otherwise I would just say um, non-threatening um, but persistent staring from across the table <laughs> if you're a stranger. Uh, that usually works. It's it's tough. It's tough because there's just so many <laughs> many ways that don't involve touching. Uh, you could you could rub you could rub a dirty sock on your neck and have the pheromone just work their magic. <laughs> I know that that gets me going easily, hands down. That usually works. <laughs> so, I mean, how often do you laugh at your own posts when you make them or after the fact when you're kind of reviewing them? Um, <laughs> uh, 
usually uh usually there's just sort of like it's not really a laugh it's more of a you know kind of thing if there's just a recognition that this is over that's a punchline this interaction um is funny to me you know i don't i don't usually laugh out loud unless a commenter says something that completely shocks me yeah i <laughs> i mean I, it, it's not like this feels like serious work or anything after all these years, but I, I'm generally so used to it that I don't really get like the giggles or anything of over it. Right. I mentioned the, uh, the subreddit page and that's kind of like your greatest hits where you can go for your greatest hits, but I, it, people are making profit off of the strangest things these days. And I got to thinking like, have you ever thought about creating a book that just features like the screen captures of your posts, maybe with like commentary, you know, on the post and, and the interaction itself. Yeah. So I've actually, it's funny you asked that. I've actually been trying uh, to come up with a pitch. Uh, I've been working with a couple people, um, you know, in, in publishing for that. It's, it's a matter of trying to figure out how this will transfer well to, you know, to a book because I, what I would really hate is if it was, a lot of me writing about, you know, why I think this is funny and how to troll and all the stuff that people keep asking me. Um, and I'm not, <laughs> that's what you asked me too. And I'm not like criticizing that, but I, I think if somebody were to buy a book, um, that is meant to be funny, then they don't want to see a bunch of explanation for, they don't want to you know see how the sausage is made humor wise. <laughs> um, so I've been trying to figure out how to do that and have it still be funny because I don't think people are just going to want a book that has nothing but screenshots that they can see online. Um, maybe I would buy it, but I don't think, I don't think that would be, I think it would need more. I think there's a market for that though. I, I wouldn't quite, I wouldn't throw that idea out the window yet. I think that could work just a book of screen captures of Ken M's greatest hits. Well, I, I think about that as like, I grew up loving Calvin and Hobbes and like the far side books. Yeah. And those don't have, those don't have a bunch of descriptive essays about, you know, what they just read or saw. So for me, that would be like a legit coffee table book. But I, I think maybe, maybe this is a failure of imagination on my part. Maybe it needs something more. I don't know. Test the waters. I think, I think it's a good idea. I think it's got some potential there. Well, thank you, man. You betcha. Well, all right. If uh, people want to stay up to date with, with your latest work, what are the best ways to find it? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Um, you can find me at Twitter, uh, at Horsey Surprise, H-O-R-S-E-Y, Surprise. Um, I have an official Facebook page, just Ken M official. And, uh, I don't really use my Tumblr account anymore. Uh, that's pretty much it. All right. <laughs> I, I tend to respond. I tend to be into um, responding to people ever, you know, send me messages or questions or anything like that. I tend to, to give them like a private message back. I think a lot of people are very appreciative of it. And uh, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are, are, have been really gunning for me to, to get an interview with you. So I want to say, first of all, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to, to talk with me. And thank you, to, you know, for bringing joy to a lot of people on the Internet, especially those that, like I said, listen to the show. And, um, you know, thanks for kind of keeping the Internet a little more lighthearted when you can. Thank you so much for the kind words, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the interest. This has been really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Ken M, everybody, we'll uh, we'll catch you around the internet, man. All right, take care, Bo. You're listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. Looking for that sacred getaway where history and the modern era collide? 
visit Quincy, Illinois' northwest side, where classic, beautiful architecture and the foundation of Mississippi River trade meet the violence and Dodge Caravan porch swings of the 21st century. On Quincy's northwest side, you'll find all the makings of an unforgettable getaway, intricate homes, historic buildings, domestic disputes, armed robberies. Make this vacation the one that creates a lifetime of lasting memories. For more information, visit the Northwest Quincy Convention and Visitors Bureau, located inside the Chestnut Express Market at 1001 North 5th in Quincy. Now, back to the Bocephus Broadcast. That is going to wrap things up for episode 12 of the Bocephus broadcast. Thanks a lot for tuning into this very special bonus episode of the show as March begins and ends with M. So very glad to say that I had Ken M as a guest on my podcast. I can go to my grave having that credential on my tombstone should I so desire. I hope you enjoyed it as well, because uh, I know a lot of you, like I said earlier, have have asked about getting Ken M on the podcast, and uh, I hope it was enjoyable for you as it was for me to talk to him and get to kind of know the guy behind the computer. Hey, if you want to stay in touch, you can give us a like over at Facebook.com slash Bocephus Broadcast. If you want to chime in with your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, you can email those to Bocephus Broadcast at gmail.com. Same goes for if you want to uh, sponsor the podcast, you can do that as well. Don't forget, if you're listening on iTunes, please take a moment to leave some feedback, leave a review. It takes a couple minutes, and uh, it helps the show reach new audiences. So take a minute on iTunes, if you're listening on iTunes, to uh, leave a review. It is much appreciated. No new episode this coming Monday. I figured that was kind of a placeholder for that, so I'm going to take a little time off. Take a little week off and uh, relax, but rest assured... Uh, more Bocephus broadcast on the way in just a couple of weeks. That being said, enjoy your April Fool's Day, and we'll catch you next time right back here on the Bocephus broadcast. You've been listening to the Bocephus broadcast. 